The Angel's Calling by Victoria J. Price, an audio drama from the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast. Previously on The Angels Calling, Alexander is the youngest leader of angels in the history of Ohinian, a world parallel to Earth. Ohinian's son is dying, and its inhabitants are on the brink of war. A witch's prophecy convinced Alexander to retrieve 17-year-old Fia Aldrich from Earth, the one girl who could be the solution to their problems. But his undertaking is not straightforward. Fia's life has been turned upside down. The Earth Witches are up to something, and his contact, Hazel, is missing. Alexander has to be certain Fia is the girl he's looking for, and it goes against all he believes in to simply pluck someone from Earth. Taking her to Ohinian could mean she'll be trapped there forever. Part 3. The Witch's Secret Alexander stretches his wings wide as the cars line up beneath him. So many vehicles. So much pollution in the air. Do they not feel it? He can make out the glass roof of the British Museum, the green dome in its centre. Pigeons flock down onto the stone steps before the entrance, reminding him of how fear had stared at a pigeon on her way to her meeting. There has to be more to it than that, surely. What did Nor say? Sometimes nothing more than the passing of time helps it grow. Too much time has passed already, crossing back between Earth and Ohinian, whilst he decides if fear is the girl from the prophecy. <sighs> Weeks have passed. It's taking too long. He touches down beside the pigeons, tucking his wings neatly behind himself and makes a silent wish that Hazel will be at the bookshop. He crosses the street, searching for any signs of her. Just as he turns onto the corner of the bookshop, he spots her leaving, taking the corner towards the park. He doesn't dare call her name and instead flies down the street to catch up with her. Hazel. She gives a slight nod. He follows, and this time she turns down different streets, left turns and right turns, cutting across little squares. Is that fox? Is it following us? He is. Interesting. I knew humans kept dogs as pets, but not foxes. They're treated worse than pigeons. Hazel ducks under a canopy of a restaurant and walks through a dark corridor. Table for one, madam. Please. The waiter leads them into an even darker room, swathes of fabric lining the walls and the ceilings. Low tables are surrounded by fabric cushions and lush plants. They walk to a small room at the back of the restaurant, a step leading down into a dimly lit alcove and a table just big enough for two. The fox remains outside. Of course he has. 
Even a dog wouldn't have been granted access here. Thank you. Hazel seats herself with her back to the rest of the restaurant. She picks up a menu as Alexander sits opposite, watching the waiter until he's out of earshot. Where have you been? He glances over her for any signs of injury. Not a hair is out of place. I had to take a trip with my daughter. The coven is up to something and after they saw us together I needed to get off their radar for a while to keep them away from you. The waiter is coming back. Mint tea, madam. Please. And a selection of baklava. The baklava will be just a few minutes. Thank you. I can protect myself, Hazel. What do you think the coven is doing? I can't be certain. I'm still investigating, but you should keep your distance. (sighs) Have you made your decision about fear? I'm still not convinced. I've not seen enough evidence to remove her from this world. We don't always see with our eyes, you know. Fear will turn 18 in a few weeks. Maybe as she comes of age, whatever is dormant within her will wake up. (laughs) You really believe that? What's a few more weeks to wait to find out? Can't hurt to wait a little while longer. (sighs) Perhaps not. Alexander has only been back to Ahinian a handful of times. Not nearly enough. But if Hazel is right... And he only has to wait a few more weeks before he can take fear to Ahinian. It could change everything. Very well. The waiter's coming back. Uh, for you, madam. When will I see you next? This is our last meeting, leader of angels. It isn't safe for either of us to meet again. It draws unwanted attention. I see you reaching for your sword but your weapons will not protect you here. Neither can I. These earth witches use a darker power than I have ever seen. Take care of her, Alexander. I will. Thank you, Hazel. Goodbye. Can I interest Madam in a message? Some vine leaves, perhaps? Alexander makes his way for the exit. The fox is sniffing at an overflowing bin as he walks out onto the street. It catches his eye before shoving its head back down into the waste. What secrets are these witches keeping? If Hazel will no longer meet, I'll have to speak to Nora again. And soon. But I'm running out of time. (sighs) A few weeks then. I'll wait a few weeks. Alexander is patient as fear goes through the motions of life. She gets up for work, speaks to customers, writes more applications for university, despite what the clumsy woman had advised her. She dutifully attends her physiotherapy sessions. She runs to the gym every day and practices kickboxing with Joe. She spends time with her boyfriend Henry and his friends. Those are the things that fear lets the world see, that she's functioning, But Alexander sees all of it, all the things she can't hide, all the quiet moments of her grief. On the night she spends without Henry, she takes herself to the park to look at the stars. She cries silent tears whenever Henry sleeps. But there are glimpses of that quiet power, of something stirring beneath the surface, 
The day before, she had stared at a squirrel for a full minute before Henry had ushered her to his car. Something about Henry's every step makes my stomach twist. Dishonourable. That's what he is. Alexander follows Fia to work, flying quietly beside her, his feet a few inches above the pavement. A fox cuts across their path. Good morning. That fox looks suspiciously like the one that followed me and Hazel to the restaurant. Crazy. It must be crazy. Always. I promised Sophie I'd watch over fear, but I can't keep that promise forever. If she's the one, I have to find a way. He had to convince her to leave all of this behind, but it felt like a betrayal to Sophie. A betrayal to everything he believed in as an angel, a protector. You can't just pull her from her life. He still wasn't certain. Fear stared at animals often, lost in thought. Occasionally, when no one was watching, she whispered to them. She had stopped outside her coffee shop to talk to a dog. But he'd observed other humans do this too, so it didn't seem so unusual. And sometimes, she looked at him, right at him, but didn't seem to see him. Or, quite often, she'd look at the space he'd just occupied before he'd push off into the air, If she truly saw him, Alexander saw no spark of acknowledgement across her face. But those moments their gazes met, her eyes made him long for the forests of Ohinion. All the shades of the different trees surrounded her pupils, flecks of gold glittering like sunlight through the canopy. Tom, sorry I'm late. Two minutes. What will we do with you? (laughs) No worries, but I'm in a rush. I'll see you tomorrow. Sure. See ya. She's working the coffee shop alone. Alexander leans against the edge of the counter as he watches her. A strand of auburn hair has worked its way loose from her messy bun, and she brushes it away as she speaks to a customer. Those cookies are my favourites too. Thank you. Her smile breaks across her face as she thanks the customer and goes back to her tasks. She deserves better than Henry. So much better. Henry has been acting as if he cares for nothing, save for his phone. Every time he's looped an arm around fear when she returns home from a long day's work, Alexander has resisted the urge to swipe Henry's feet out from under him or push over his chair. I wish you'd work up the courage to tell Henry what she thinks of him. I certainly would jump at the opportunity. Fear is in constant pain and Henry ignores it, chooses to ignore it. A girl walks into the coffee shop, about the same age as Fear, with black curly hair brushing her shoulders. I'll have, um, a peach iced tea. No, wait, I'll have a caramel. Mm, Nope, uh, just a sec. Fia bites down on her bottom lip and it blossoms pink from the pressure. For a moment, Alexander wants nothing more than to press his lips against hers. But instead, he moves to stand beside her. It's as much solidarity as he can offer. Actually, I think I'll go for a nice mocha. To take away? Yep. 
The girl pulls out her phone and looks back at the door. Won't be a minute. The door to the coffee shop swings open and Henry saunters in. A wide grin spreads from ear to ear and he swipes his chestnut hair from his eyes with a flick. Well, aren't you going to kiss me? The girl with curly hair plays with sugar packets on the other side of the till as she waits, as if she's pretending not to watch. Henry launches into plans for their weekend. So, this gig at the Apollo, you're going to love it. Doors open at 7.30. The warm-up band are crap. We can grab a few drinks beforehand and get there just before nine, yeah? I don't need to listen to this. Alexander leaves the coffee shop as a young mother walks in with a pushchair, the baby waving and gurgling at him. No. I have to reach Nora again to find out what else she knows. She might have received information about why the Earth Witch is attacked. He'd have to meet his general too, and ensure a strategy was in place for the angels due to visit Earth. A leader considers others before himself. That's what father would have said. Fia's birthday is less than a week away. Alexander has been back to Ahinian several times since his last meeting with Hazel, but has yet to meet with Nor. Reports of attacks across Ahinian are increasing. All began with fire, and that could only mean one thing. Only one race in Ohinian could wield fire, and this wouldn't be the first time in Ohinian's history they'd use it for their own gain. He steps into the rain, pushing away the thought. The memory of fear biting down on her lip flickers across his eyes. Leader of angels, you have a duty to Ohinian, to Earth. You made a promise to her sister, find Nor. Let Fia's 18th pass and then return to Ohinian. Hazel has disappeared just like before. Every day he's waited for her outside the bookshop, at different times and as often as he can. He went to the park where they'd talked and sat under the same tree. But she was gone, along with any sign of the other witches. He touches down now on a patch of empty pavement to walk the last few blocks back towards the British Museum again, hoping Hazel might have returned and can answer his questions about the Earth Witches. He turns a corner and feels that invisible thread tugging at him. His heart is heavy. Death is everywhere in London. Alexander follows the thread, turning down a side alley where no one walks. Rain runs down the edges of the cobbled streets and disappears down a metal drain as the lure grows stronger. I can't... I can't see anyone, but I feel the thread. A shadow passes overhead and wings the colour of red clay touch down behind the dumpster up ahead. Alexander flies the last few feet, just in time to see a man's spirit released. The pull ends along with his life. A familiar face kneels beside the man's body, black, glossy waves falling over her bare ochre shoulders. She fiddles with a gold cuff on her wrist for a moment before her eyes meet Alexander's. Alexander lands softly in front of her. Runa, I didn't realise you were on duty. I was moments away. I know. You've seen better days, sire. Sire. You know I hate that title, particularly from friends. Runa pulls him into a fierce hug. I've been worried about you. Is Malachi with you? Malachi is Runa's husband and his best friend. Husband? It still seems so unreal. 
They were barely older than him, but still young for angels to be married. The youngest in a very long time. He's in Ohenyon. Let's fly and talk. They take one last look at the dead man and push off slowly into the rain. Have you anything to report? Nosa has confirmed the witch's proclamation. The sun is indeed dying. How much time we have left, he couldn't say. But he's exploring deeper into the archives. She gestures at a flat section of roof on the building below them, and together they touch down on an empty roof garden. Nosan is Alexander's greatest scholar. Something about the old man's tone has never sat right with me. There's just... There's just something about him. These attacks, Alexander, they are cause for concern. Have you found what you were looking for? Will you be returning for good soon? The rain has eased and the last rays of sunlight illuminate Runa's eyes to a bright citrine, highlighting the concern etched across her brow. Alexander finds himself counting his breaths, as he's seen fear do so many times these past few weeks. He drags his fingers through his hair before remembering himself and places his hands at his sides. You have a duty to Ohinion, to Earth, a duty to protect, but taking fear away from her home, that isn't protecting her. <sighs> I need more evidence. He glances down at the street below, searching for Hazel, for any signs of a witch. No. No, I haven't found what I was looking for, not yet. I'll be heading back to Ohinion to speak with my witch contact before making one last stop here, for now. This alliance was a good decision, Alexander. A wise decision. Do not doubt yourself. <sighs> then why did my father not make an alliance years ago? What if this is just my own foolish naivety, my hope for a better Ohinion clouding my judgement? Send Mel my regards. He flies into the cool evening air, the rain long since finished, and counts his breaths once more. So many promises had been made. You have a duty to Ohinion. If fear is the one the witches seek, would it not be for the greater good of both worlds that she returns with me? It just doesn't feel right. It turns his stomach over and over. The thought of burdening her with this when she's lost so much. A prophecy that even he isn't sure is true. And there is that other promise, too. Red buses line up beneath him. The lights of London slowly begin to blink on, one after another. That other promise that he'd made before he'd truly realised the weight of it. Is she going to be okay? Yes. The ambulance is here. She'll survive. Will you watch over her? Always. 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 In The Angel's Calling Part 3, The Witch's Secret, by Victoria J. Price. Tiffany Clare was the narrator. Charlie Richards played Alexander. Annabelle Broad was Fia. Maddie Sarah was Hazel. Saya Zahawi played the Lady Noor. Joy Hayward played the teenage girl. Chris Gregory was the waiter. 
Other parts were played by members of the cast. The presenter is Kelly Winkler. Original music and soundscapes were by Chris Gregory and published by Scared Crow Music. Sound effects were from freesound.org. The Angel's Calling is an Alternative Stories 2020 production for the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast. We would like to thank Victoria J. Price for all her help and support in the making of this podcast and for allowing us to turn her story into an audio drama. Listen out for special editions of the Alternative Stories and Fake Realities podcast during the coronavirus crisis. We'll be bringing out occasional extra podcasts on a Monday through the crisis, starting this coming Monday when we'll have a short poetry edition featuring British poet Sarah Colino. Please subscribe to Alternative Stories and Fake Realities in your favorite podcast app to listen to all of our content. We produce audio drama, short fiction, and poetry from both sides of the Atlantic. We greatly value all ratings and reviews for the podcast. So if you enjoy listening and feel like sharing some goodwill, please take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your own podcast app if it allows it and a rating. Thank you for listening. Please stay safe and healthy and join us next week for poetry and the final part of The Angel's Calling.